All right, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Talk. And today we're going to have a kind of a different episode because Jordan and his family are under the weather. And so I texted him earlier today and he said that he was not going to be able to record with us. And so um, my wife, Alicia, and Alicia has been on the show uh, several times. We're going to talk about the newest installment to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. So, Alicia, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks as always for having me. The currents are going to hijack this podcast. (laughs) Hey, and you know what? That's currently a good thing Mm. to happen, right? Did the the film have a a, a, good current to it? (laughs) You know... I, I, that's still under, under review. No, just kidding. I really liked it. Currently up for debate. (laughs) Currently up for debate. Absolutely. You know, how many more current jokes can we make? I think we're done. During this episode. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm good. I'm good with that. It was getting kind of (laughs) old. Yes. So a week removed, we, we went to the theater opening day, opening night. I don't even know what opening night is considered anymore. It's, uh, well, because it used to be Friday, but then they used to do like, thursday at midnight and now they just keep going earlier and earlier on thursday so yeah what it what does that really mean anymore well and you used to only be able to go like midnight the the night before it was coming out which was like okay if the right. movie comes out friday that meant thursday at midnight or like thursday right. at 11 p.m now you can get tickets for like i think we went what day did we go we went on thursday at okay, 3 30 so, okay so we went thursday but it was thursday early afternoon and we got like right. I think, one of the first shows mm-hmm. that that happened and um uh, Will, he's on our podcast regularly. He went, I think he went and saw it Wednesday, but like he does this thing where he goes, they give away preview tickets and IMAX and, and all that stuff. So he got to see mm-hmm. it Wednesday and then he saw it again on Thursday. But, um, so Wednesday is the new Thursday, Thursday is the new Friday. Uh, everything's a day ahead, yes, and in the quantum room. Uh, no, we'll get <laughs> to that. Um, so Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, uh, give me your initial thoughts on this movie. I liked it. It was interesting um, to see this different perspective because this is the first time I think that we're seeing a movie that's almost completely outside of like what we would consider our normal, normal world. So, I mean, it's not in a space universe. It's not on earth. It's in this quantum realm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was very, it was very different perspective. It was very interesting to see. Um, I can't imagine how long this movie took to produce simply because most of it had to be generated. I mean, I'm sure that it was a lot of green screen acting, um, but overall I thought it was a good movie. A lot of the, a lot of the early criticisms like on Rotten Tomatoes and, and IGN, some of the big criticisms were, the production side of it like the cgi and like they said it was either too much cgi or the cgi was done pretty poorly when you and i went and saw this i was like you know i don't know what people are complaining about i don't know what i thought it was great are. i don't know what the critics are complaining about i don't know uh what you know we saw it in a really nice theater and uh really i didn't i didn't see any any negative to the production side of the film i thought it was very well done yeah. And I thought that, um, you know, for being a third installment or a third installment, excuse me, of a, of a franchise or a, a trilogy, um, it still held up. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's still, you know, Paul Rudd and it's still uh, Michael Douglas and it's still Evangeline Lilly and it's, you know, still a star, 
you know, studded cast. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into this movie, I had high hopes because, you know, A, we get to see more of a, a variant, a, or, I'm sorry, a different variant of Kang. We get to see mm-hmm. that same cast. We get to see some additions to the cast. And um, it's the kickoff to phase five in the, in, in the MCU, which is hard to believe. But um, were you expecting anything specific when you went and saw this film? No, anymore with the Marvel stuff, I try to not really go in with expectations. I mean, there's going to be rumors on who's going to show up and kind of what to expect. But I think that we we live in such a digital age that mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in all of those rumors. And I think as a result, we it can become, movies in general can become extremely disappointed if we do that. So I try not to walk in with, any set expectations other than I really just hope it's a good movie. Um, hope that the acting is, is good. Hope that the storyline is good. Hope that the, you know, there's some continuation because it's Marvel. Um, some calls to some previous movies, you know, maybe some little clues that we won't pick up until, you know, three years down the road on some of the future films. Um, Mikey, did you have any ex- expectations going in? Well, you know this as well as I do because you tell me this all the time and so does Jordan, but you know, we, I think we've got to the point. Yes. With the digital age. Yes. With social media. Yes. With, with TikTok, And you know, it, it's not completely uncommon every day to see some sort of rumor coming out of the MCU out of some sort of uh, news outlet saying, Hey, this person's showing up or this right. person's not showing up or this person has been scrapped from the project or, you know, don't expect to see this person in, in DC or MCU ever again and, you know, so on and so forth. And so uh, for this, you know, I think it started back when we went and saw Love and Thunder or Love and Thunder. But like you said it and Jordan said it, just just go in and enjoy the film. Don't think about it. And I think what really kicked that off for me was the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange 2. Like everybody and their mother was going to be in that movie. Like they talked about 300 different cameos, you know, of characters, you know, with uh, you know, Deadpool possibly showing up and Wolverine. Yeah. And, uh, just all of these different characters that we we see in other projects. And it's like, no, I, I just want to go see this movie and I don't want there to be the pressure of seeing that movie. And um, I think they delivered once we went and saw the Multiverse of Madness. But like, once we got to like Thor, Love and Thunder, it was like, okay, we just need to go in and need to watch the movie. We need to just take it all in and mm-hmm. just see what, see what happens. And so, um, I felt like I did that with with um, with Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. I think that the the idea um, of some of the critics before, you know, like there's going to be reports, you know, whether you like it or not, through social media outlets. And prior to going and seeing this with you, we, you know, we were seeing some things in reference to Rotten Tomato. Uh, we were seeing some things in reference to the IGN website that that Jordan and I often reference and, and Chad from work, who I mention a lot on our show. But, uh, you know, this film was kind of getting mixed reviews. And a lot of it was due to the fact that people weren't super happy with the production quality. People uh, people said that the story didn't really have a conclusion and that they didn't like the ending. Um, but when we went and saw it, I thought the opposite. I walked out of the theater and the first thing I said to you was like, I don't know what people had to complain about. I don't think it was horrible. I don't think it was bad at all. Like, uh, it's just, I think the expectation thing back to that conversation is probably the bigger conversation, um, that we should be having, you know, and that's why people are so critical is, you know, this is the first 
film of phase five. This is the first real look that we've got of this version of Kang the Conqueror. This is um, what we're supposed to be um, building towards when we get to the next Avengers projects. And Kang is, quote unquote, the new big bad. He's the new Thanos. He's the new, uh, you know, person that we we're, we're, we love to hate and that we despise because he's going to he's going to crush the dreams of our, our favorite superheroes. And so did that resonate with you at all going into this, like thinking uh, the bigger picture, not just, oh, we're going to go see Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, like the bigger ramifications of what was going to happen post this movie? Yeah, but I want to say something because I just had a thought. Okay. We are talking about like all the rumors that we hear on, you know, who's going to be in it and and what kind of role they're going to play. Do you think that they do that because they feel like they have to give you a hook? Like do, they're doing I, it I just do. to make – it's almost like we, we you know, I, you and I had this conversation about the critics' reviews. Like how much – I wonder the people who are giving these reviews – how much they actually know about the Marvel unit, unit as a whole. Because honestly, it's hard to, you know, if I didn't know anything about any of the Marvel movies, I would be a little confused going into this or any other movie in the in the Marvel realm. And I wonder how much they do that to make people go see it. And you and I had that conversation already. But I wonder if, they, if they're doing that also for the people like, oh, maybe if we tell them that Deadpool might be in it, maybe more people will go to see it and we'll get some of those people who may not have gone to see it unless they hear something like that. What do you think about that? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think that that's absolutely, there's clickbait, right? There's stuff oh, online that we see yeah. every day, like different articles, like uh, I'm pulling something completely out of the air. Jennifer Aniston, uh, Mary's Brad Got Pitt. Botox. <laughs> You know, like something crazy yeah. like that, and you click on it just to see what it says. And so yeah. they do the same thing with um, with the movies. I, I I don't doubt that. Same thing with like the trailer stuff. Like I think uh, Jordan was telling me the other day that like they can't do this anymore. But the things that you see in trailers that are actually aren't in the trailers. Like mm -hmm. I think I think uh, Marvel or Disney got sued, and that people won that lawsuit because it's false advertisement. And so oh somebody gosh. won a lawsuit saying, "Hey, you can't do this." And so they've stopped doing that. But before so they would funny. put stuff. And trailers that weren't actually in the movie. Didn't and make so, it into the movie, yeah. Right. And so, you know, the other part of that conversation that uh, that Jordan and I have had and Chad and I have had and other people that, you know, kind of in our circle uh, here at Nerd Talk is that Marvel's kind of pivoting a little bit in the conversation of, like, accuracy in reference to comic book accuracy versus this is what we see in the movies. Not everybody's going to uh -huh. watch... Not everybody's going to watch the... You know, I'm sorry, not everybody's going to read the comics. Not everybody's going to read the graphic novels. Not everybody's going to go online and read everything. Um, right, absolutely. In reference to, uh, you know, not everybody's going to, you know, reference those things in order to see what's going on. And so, like, we're kind of at a point now in the MCU story where they're kind of, and they tried that with Phase 4, like mm -hmm. pivoting a little bit from, you know, like what we like to see as, as just modern fans to more of the comic book accuracy. And that's, I think, sort of the criticism with Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, the, mm -hmm. the whole idea that they wanted to, they wanted to keep Kang more accurate in, in reference to the comics. We, we'll talk about the post-credit scenes in a little bit, but like, I think that the idea of, um, you know, the whole comic book accuracy versus the fandom of, 
you know, just the modern fans, like that's a war in itself. Cause like you and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of a nerd, but like, I, I won't go out of my way to, to read, you know, the Avengers comic book edition 572. Right. I, I'm just not going to do it. I don't have the time and I don't have the bandwidth to do it. And so, you know, the idea of, you know, what I know about the Avengers because I watched the movie and I've watched the other films leading mm-hmm. up to the Avengers and even, you know, phases one, two, three, and four. I I know what I know because, you know, there's stories that have been told within the movies and in the series. Right. So, um, you know, back to your conversation, it's a hundred percent accurate that they, that they do this clickbait thing. And yeah. they're, they're already starting to do that with Deadpool three. Deadpool three comes out, I think in August of 2024, and they're already talking about Professor X uh, being in this movie as Patrick Stewart, you know, portraying him. And the same thing, I read something the other day about, uh, uh, yeah, how, how do you say his name? McGregor, not McGregor, uh, Ian McKellen. McGregor. Ian McKellen, the guy that yeah, played Magneto yeah, yeah. in the first, yeah. uh, the first three X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Days of Future Past, they're talking about him coming back as Magneto in a cameo. And same thing with, um, you know, obviously Hugh Jackman's going to be in it as Wolverine, but like, is this right. a segue for the X-Men to come into the MCU? We don't know, but there's all this stuff that's running crazy uh, through social media outlets. And guess what? That movie doesn't even come out for another year and a half. So it's like, you know, where are we? Like, yeah. so anyway, to answer your question, I, I, I 100%, you know, think that that's what they do. And, you know, it's, it's in order to get people to go see them. And if they haven't seen it, you know, you know, they, yes, absolutely. Um, so back to the topic. So yes, we back to Amen and the Wasp. Like- <laughs> talking about this being the first the first film of phase five and like i think that it was a great it was a great way to kick it off um you know we had to have something that i mean it it's not like it didn't nod back because it did nod back to the other phases but i think it was a good starting off point to get us going um there's gonna be i feel like it was very hopeful in that in that sense like after watching the movie and then the post-credit scenes, it's almost like they've opened the doors really wide to a bunch of opportunities. Like the sky's the limit in phase five, because there's so much that they could use. You know, we saw all the variants of, of, um, Kang. Kang. Thank you. Um, and it's like, okay, where, where are we going to go first with this? Because we've got a lot of possibilities. What did you think? So I, I agree with that, but you know, I was talking with Jordan about it. I don't think that other than the Kang Dynasty movie and possibly Secret Wars in this film, I mm-hmm. don't think Jonathan Majors is slated for anything else. Um oh, also he's supposed to be in Loki season two for like three episodes. Mm. But other than that, like he's not gonna be in Daredevil, he's not gonna be in Captain America New World Order, sure. he's not gonna be in you know, any of the other series. In the well, we talked about him being like the big bad, like, yes. And so like the big bad doesn't show up in all of the different things. Yeah. And I think with Thanos, for example, like Thanos was in, uh, infinity war and game Thor Ragnarok. And I think guardians of the galaxy, I think this is the only, well, I think he shows a post age of Ultron he, in the post credits. Yeah. Cause he gets yeah. the gauntlet. But other than that, he doesn't make, he's not in a full blown movie until infinity war. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I think it was a good segue out of phase four. Phase four was for me, and, and you can agree or disagree with this, but like phase four for me was really heavy. Like it was just so emotional. There was a lot of loss. There was a lot of grief. 
whether that was Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman actually passing in real life and then them doing the tribute in Wakanda Forever, um, Jane Foster dying in Love and Thunder, um, Doctor Strange not actually ending up you know, with his love interest because of the multiverse, um, Wanda losing vision, all yeah. of it. You know, there was a lot of loss and a lot of grief in phase four. And so I think like you, you, you phrased it perfectly with them just kind of opening the door and just, you know, blowing the door wide open and saying, all right, we're here. We're going to try new things. We're going to get, we're going to kind of get on track with, with this new, um, new villain, this new mm-hmm. phase, new characters. And, you know, I think they did a great job of, of kicking off phase five and back to the expectations conversation for a minute. Like it's one film, right? Mm-hmm. We've got 20 films to go or whatever. I don't know how many projects are going to be in phase five, but like a lot, this is, <laughs> this is just the first thing that we're seeing. In yeah. Phase five. We're just and getting so, started. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that. And we have to be complacent. We have to know that when we go in to see these, that, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be everything. We can't have everything in one movie. Well, and it's like, it's no different than any other Marvel piece. It, there are some things that just don't make sense until you have gone through a couple of more movies. Like I think about some of the references um, and I don't remember which movie it was. They referenced the nine rings and they referenced Wakanda. And it was things, it was before we even knew that those movies were going to be a thing, but we watch them now and we're like, did you hear that? Did you hear that reference? Rewind it. Let's watch that again. Well, like if you go back and watch Iron Man one and the whole 10 rings conversation, then you right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 10 rings, not nine. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. 10 rings and then Shang-Chi. Yeah. All those films later and all that time later, but like, um, yeah, I, you just gotta be patient with the process, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're going to get there. You're going to get to the X-Men. Yeah. You're going to get embrace to the mystery. Yes. And, and that's hard sometimes because we're it is. in this whole instant gratification mm-hmm. uh, world where everything's on TikTok and everything's on Instagram and everything's on yeah. Snapchat. People and, don't want to wait for stuff. They want to know now. Right. And so like time's just going, life is such a fragile thing and it's such a, a sacred thing. Like it's so special. Like just enjoy, I'm going to quit your mother here, but enjoy the moment and yep. just, just enjoy what's going on when it happens. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I, I love how they, they kind of kept it, you know, they didn't do anything crazy with cameos other than Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. and the addition of Cassie the, uh, being a different person playing Cassie in this film. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the cast and who was your favorite character? Um, I really like the cast. I appreciate so much in these Marvel films that there's, continuity very yeah very little to no transition like i mean we saw that early on with um with some of iron man's characters but for the most part everybody's been consistent unless that was for the better be, yeah 100 percent um 100 agree it like unless it's because of somebody aging up like cassie it's the same person which is great and even then like it's still it was close enough that it still felt like it could have been her mm. um but I, I don't know that I have a a favorite character. I mean, the the Blob character was, like, hysterical with being fascinated with people's holes. Um, that was just... I have holes. Just, I have holes. How many holes yeah. do you have? Like, it just... It, that was just such a funny, funny character. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I forgot Bill Murray was going to be in it. Same thing. 
Same <laughs> thing here. Like I, we were in the theater. I'm like, oh, I forgot he was going to be in this. Like, yeah. He was yeah. in the original trailer, but like he, right. I mean, he was there for like two minutes. But like, right. yeah, he, but his character wasn't super remember memorable either. Like he just, he played a character within the quantum realm, which is, it's fine. You know, it's film. Right. But I, uh, I mean, I, I've always been such a huge fan of Paul Rudd, but I hate saying that he was like my favorite character of, of the movie because I don't know that that's really fair in a movie that's called Ant-Man and the Wasp and he's Ant-Man. So did you have a favorite, favorite character? Yeah, I think Cassie. I think the girl that played Cassie really stepped up. I really liked her character. One of the things I told Jordan when we we talked after I saw the movie and after he saw the movie was one of the things I appreciated was uh, Scott Lang was kind of living this post-Avengers life where he was kind of semi-retired and he didn't want to like really jump into action anymore. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, Hank was teaching Cassie behind his back and Cassie right. is, is, is really, really smart and she gets it. And so she wants to learn and she wants to do and she wants to be a superhero like her dad, which is really cool. It's really admirable. Mm-hmm. But Scott was kind of like, no, I'm, I'm kind of done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then like the, them getting sucked into the quantum realm kind of forced the issue a little bit. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that because it 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 brought her along as a character and as a superhero. And then it brought Scott kind of out of his funk of mm-hmm. post-superhero life and kind of like in this whole semi-retired uh, situation and I thought it was I thought it was done really well um, mm-hmm. I you know I really enjoyed Jonathan Majors and one of the things that uh, somebody said on the way out of the theater was this is the summer of, of Jonathan Majors and it's just mm-hmm. and it's true because he's just in, he's all over the place recently and he's yeah. going to be in Creed 3 he's in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Media um, he's in some other projects and he's just he's crushing it as an actor and so mm-hmm. um you know, I, if I were picking, I would probably pick Cassie because she's new to the fold. And, you know, they didn't really in the comics, they call her character Stinger. So you have Ant-Man, mm-hmm. her dad, and you have Hope, who's the wasp, the and, wasp. Her, and her name is Stinger. And mm-hmm. so they didn't really address, you know, her as that. But I was OK with that. So, um, yeah, I would definitely pick her. Um, do you. You know. What did you think of like some of the other other characters within that cast? Were you like okay with with the performance of Michael Douglas and and Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle Pfeiffer got on my nerves in this movie, but that's just that, that was that was one thing that I was really nitpicky about was the fact that she like you guys are getting sucked into the quantum realm. You got sucked right. into the quantum realm. Just tell them what's going on. Like they yeah that got on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan, and I, I mean that's nothing personal against michelle pfeiffer that's her character and that's who her character was written to be right the writing but, in that movie it, absolutely but i like i agree it was frustrating i understand you not you having such an overwhelming experience that you don't want to share all the nitty-gritty details but when you get thrust into something like that and you end up back in the quantum realm that you worked so hard to escape and you still don't want to talk about it, like get over yourself enough to, to, and and it's honestly like you should love them enough to tell them, Hey, this is kind of what we're up against because at that point, she's the only person that has any information. It doesn't matter if she, I mean, they would still respect her for having the most information, 
but it would have been helpful for them to know that. So like, I agree. She, yeah, she definitely got on my nerves too thinking about that. Um, I, I really like Hank Penn character, the character that Mike Douglas played. Um, I've always really kind of liked that character and the connection with the ants. I just think that's funny. Um, shout out to the college that I went to whose mascot is the fire ants, but, um, having that connection with the ants and that kind of coming through at the end of the movie too, was something that I appreciated. It's something that's really, it, it's been a theme throughout the entire, um, entire True. trilogy as yeah. it should have been. Cause well, you know, it's called Ant-Man. But when it comes back, you know, it's a callback to, you know, Scott learning how to be Ant-Man. Right. And so like, right. I felt like this movie and we're going to get, I think we're going to get more of him moving forward especially like in respect to um, the Avengers movies, you know, I think uh, we're not done yet with, with his character. And so um, I think this whole movie was designed to kind of build him up and bring him back into the fold and, you know, post mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame and just like, Scott, we really need you to, you know, step it up here, bud. Like Iron Man's not here anymore. Cap's not here anymore. Like we, we, we we're calling you in, right. You're, you know, and obviously he hasn't, you know, been around Spider-Man and he's not been around other characters up until this point, but um, go ahead. What were there any characters that you missed having in the film? Oh, we were going to talk about that and I was going to bring that up, but like, uh, I think I would be, you know, sadly uh, remiss if I didn't talk about Luis and some of the others who, were in the first two movies, but weren't in mm-hmm. this movie, even if it wasn't like them getting sucked into the quantum realm, I would have loved to see them before and after when they were before they got into the quantum realm and after they got back out. Like, yeah. what did you, what did you think? I I was thinking the same thing, the characters that he kind of went through starting the business with. Um, I mean, we did, we did find out after some research that the guy who played Kurt, Kurt, who was the um, the Russian guy who kept talking about Baba Yaga in yes. the last film? Um, that he was actually the voice of the I, I Veb, I think is the character's name. Yeah, the guy, um, the whole the one of I thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have holes. Um, so uh, I, David, I really, duh, I can't say his. I'm going to butcher his last name. Dismatchlin. Dismatchlin, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he played Kurt, but he also yeah. played you know the Blob character or Zeb, yeah. I think is his name in the. And, and quantum mania, but Veb, yeah. Um, so I guess I absolutely miss Louise, even if it was something at the very beginning, the very end, even in a post credit scene, I would have loved. Um, I did appreciate the fact that they had the cameo with Jimmy Woo. Um, he is probably one of my favorite side characters. I loved him in WandaVision, I've loved him in every little piece that he's been kind of sprinkled throughout the universe. Um, I really hope at some point that they give him maybe more of a whole role. I'm not saying have a whole movie about him. Um, I think it would even be fun to do a series with yeah. him and do, you know, every, every major character that's been, that's had their own film that he's been with in that film, kind of break it up and have a series about him. I think that would be really fun. Cause I, Jimmy Woo is, is I love him. I love that character. Speaking of, characters from the other movies what were your thoughts on modok and and kind of bringing back darren cross and him getting sucked into the quantum realm and quant, or quantum realm and just you know i uh, i feel like we we heard a teaser that he was going to be in it yeah and 
when they when his character was introduced, it took me a hot minute to figure out who it was and to put and to make that connection. And yeah. I'm, I mean, of course, part of it was because he had a huge head and tiny arms and um and and some that was that was why. I don't know. Like it was, it was interesting to see him in it. Um, what did you think of the redemption of his... that he kind of had towards the end? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I do think it's funny that Cassie um, was just telling him not to be, can I say that word on this podcast? What, what word? I mean, so Cassie was telling him not to be a dick and I thought that was funny. Um, and so his last words were, yeah, I'm not a dick anymore or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I did find that kind of amusing. Um, but I feel like his character as a whole, I could have like, eh. I mean, take it or leave it. I, I don't know that it really added much other than a callback to one of the other movies. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have missed him if he wasn't there. I don't know. What did you think? I would agree. I mean, like it was cool to see him come back and I think it was cool to see them portray Modoc. and some would argue some hardcore fans would argue that they wanted more from that and they wanted more of him moving forward and they didn't want him to be killed off. Spoiler alert. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, the hardcore fans wanted more of that moving forward, but like at the same time, it's a big universe and you've got a lot of ground to cover. So it's going to be okay if they don't. So right. um, I'm, I'm okay. I, I thought it was cool. You know how, um, you know, he kind of played off of, of Kang, but not really, you know, he's, he wasn't the villain like he was in, right. in the first Ant-Man movie. And so, you know, he was just kind of there and he was stuck in the quantum realm. And he was, he was bowing to the, to the will of Kang and, um, you know, it, he was surviving. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was surviving, and there was redemption. There was absolute redemption for him. You know, in the end of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. What uh, you know, speaking of Kang, what did you think of Kang in this movie? Like, we we saw Kang in Loki season one as a variant called He Who Remains. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, mm -hmm. Sylvie uh, kills that version of him. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert! And kicks off what we know as the multiverse. Right. Um, this is a completely different version of Kang, you know, and then we find out in the post-credit scenes, you know, that there are thousands of variants of Kang, which, mm -hmm. which is comic book accurate. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on him, you know, compared to Thanos? Like, you know, he's just, did they make him look strong? Was, were you, were, were you afraid of him? Like, what, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what did you think of, of how they made him look and, you know, what they, I guess powers is the word I'm looking for his powers. Um, I mean, I think they made him look strong, but I feel like some of the struggle I'll probably have throughout this next phase as we get to know King is because he has so many different variants that we're going to see things that are slightly different with each of them. I mean, yeah. obviously they're going to have the same common goal, but they're going to be different. They're going to have different mannerisms. They're going to be different people. Um, which kudos to Jonathan Majors for, you know, having enough bandwidth and, and range, I guess, as an actor to really kind of pull all of those things off. Because I feel like the king that we saw in Loki is different from the king that we saw in Ant-Man. And, and I really liked him in Loki. 
I, I did too. You, you and I rewatched that before we went and saw this film, mm-hmm. and you know his acting was really really good in the in the Loki series. Yeah, but I I mean I think that it was a different type of character. Yeah, and I also like and I've I've said this I said this to you already, but I kind of wonder if that version or that variant of Kane is really gone. The one from Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Quantum Mania. Because I it, I'm a I'm a big proponent of if you didn't see them die, then they're probably not dead. Right. And we didn't actually see him die. We just saw him getting sucked into that thing. Mm-hmm. And so what does that really mean? Could he come back? Why did they banish him there? What were they so afraid of with that particular variant of Kang yeah. that they banished him to the quantum realm? And so I, could, I think I that could... it's going to be interesting to see because it's going to be a lot of different pe- a lot of different Kangs that we'll be getting introduced to. Well, and I think I told you uh, before, you know, I'm sorry, after we saw the film, like I wish they would have told a better story about, you know, who banished him and why to the to the quantum realm. I agree. And, you know, we, and maybe we think, we'll find that out. We, we think it's the Council of Kings, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the, all indications point that that's what they were doing. However, we mm-hmm. don't know that for sure. Uh, right. I, you know, Do you I would think agree we'll find you. out. Uh, hopefully there's payoffs. You know, I, that's a hope. You know, I think that's the hope and why we go see these movies and we, why we cover them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I don't know, the idea of, of, of Kang, you know, for me was, well, first let me say, I felt like they made everybody in this, this film look really strong. Everybody, the whole cast. Um, Kang, I thought, you know, a, a lot of, you know, I think when I had a conversation with Will after he saw it for the second time, he argued the point of they didn't make Kang look strong because if a whole army of ants can take him out, then, then how can it be this powerful big bad? But to your point, we didn't see him die, so we don't know. So, you know, you could have that conversation to make that argument as well. But, like, I thought that they made him look incredibly strong. Um, one of the reports that I read before we went and saw it was they encouraged people that go to, that went to see this film to listen to what Kang says. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, just you have to, like, really just kind of lean in. You have to really, because he, he speaks softly, and he kind of speaks with, mm-hmm. with, with intentionality, like, you know, Come over here. Yeah, let's have that conversation. Every, every like everything is deliberate. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then I, I felt like they made him look really, really powerful. And I think with this being the first movie in Phase Five and the first real glimpse of what we see of this version of Kang, I think we're just getting started. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, you're you're starting to see, you know, what powers he does have the way the way that he manipulates people and he manipulates time and he manipulates everything around him that's like his mm-hmm. biggest attribute i guess you want to call it that is is he's he's a manipulator he's a master mm-hmm. manipulator um and when he when he held cassie up when they were in the quantum realm like he held you know her up sideways and like he didn't even look like he was flinching a muscle mm-hmm. right and so um there was there was a lot to be said and a lot to unpack there uh i I guess my biggest concern, if I have one with that whole conversation about Kang, was, okay, if, if this is what we're getting with Kang, and he's going to make some cameos in the Loki Season 2 series, and we don't see him again until Kang Dynasty, then what? Right? And so, it, 
it can be a little bit of a struggle there because like I'm not sure what we're gonna get. And then like, okay, we right. saw just this little piece of him in this movie. He was in this mm-hmm. movie, but we're not gonna get any more until Kang Dynasty. And so yeah. And then which version or which variant are we going to get of him? Right. And so, you know, you could go a number of ways and and, and I think I want to go see this movie again just because I want to see you know, kind of the range, kind of the acting, kind of the... Think know, about the words that he's saying. Yes. Just to kind of get a, just a second viewing of, of, you know, what's really going on. And, you know, we've talked about it in our talk before, but like you go see it the first time, you go see it just to to kind of soak it in. And the second time you can mm-hmm. kind of relax. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that with Love and Thunder. I did that with Multiverse of Madness. And it was so much more enjoyable <laughs> the second time I went to go see it. Yeah. Um, you know... If you're ranking this film, you know, one being the best, 10 being, I'm sorry, one being the absolute worst and then 10 being the best film you've ever seen, where, where, you know, where do you lie with this, this movie? I'd say, and has it changed since a week since, since well, and that's, and that's what I was going to say, because we talked about this after initially seeing it and we went with letter grades, but I think that I don't think my mind has been changed. Like I still think I'm sitting at about a seven and a half to eight mm. in that B range. It's where I'm sitting. I would, I would say the same thing. I think coming out of it, you know, after we, we saw it initially, I was like seven and a half, eight mm-hmm. kind of in the B. And then I'm like, eh, I want to, I want to grade it lower, but I think there's going to be a little bit of grace there. And I think, when I go see it again, it's going to be better. Will said he went and saw it for the second time. He said it drug more the second time. Mm. But I'm like, well, you saw it 12 hours apart. It was like, yeah, well, maybe, and maybe it's because you already knew what was happening. Maybe, I don't know. Next. Like, and kudos to him for being able to see, see it that quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I I feel like I have to let things kind of sit for a minute and then yep. go back. And then rewatch and, them. Yeah, so I, I would, I, my my thoughts have not changed. Um in reference to um, where I was grading it or where I was ranking it. So I would still sit, you know, seven and a half, eight B, like you were talking about the B range. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of the last thing that we, that I really want to talk about, and, and I know you're super excited about this, is the the post-credit scenes. The first one we see the Council of Kings. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, again, if you're not really into the whole comics thing, and you have not really been following this story, you're like, what in the world's going on? Did you get that impression seeing that first credit scene? Or um, did you kind of know what was going on? I mean, I kind of knew what was going on partially because I, I feel like Loki gave us some clues, right? Like we find out at the end of Loki season one that there's this he who remains. And once Sylvie kills him, then there's still another one, but he's still kind of the central piece of that particular, I, I don't know if you... Yeah, the TVA. So he's still that centerpiece of it. And so it, you kind of know that there's going to be more, and especially when you see another version. So you've, in some respect, seen three versions already. So you saw one in season one of Loki. You saw another one at the very end because he's the he's like the, the, pillar. the pillars instead of the three pillars that were in the first version of the TVA. And then you're seeing this variant um, in... Um, in ant-man and the lost quantum Manium. and he and he talked about he has variants um well and there was also an easter egg in the moon knight series uh on the right. back of the jean jacket of that guy in egypt there mm-hmm. was the king tut version which is one of the versions that we see that we saw that we in the post-credit scene of yeah 
the first or the Council of Kings, and it's the King Tut version of him. So to answer your question, it wasn't really a surprise. I think more for me, there was a surprise of the number. When they all start piling in, my my head was going, I did not really think that there were going to be that many of them. It makes yeah. sense, but I did not really think that there were going to be that many. Yeah, I totally agree. Before we jump to the second post credit scene, one of the things you said to me, and you leaned over in the theater, um, to probably grab the bag of popcorn. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> was that you... I don't and, share my popcorn. <laughs> and for our listeners, my wife absolutely loves popcorn. It's one of her favorite things. It's one of my food groups. I mean, come Yes. On. Cheese and popcorn. Cheese and popcorn. Um, and Not ice together. cream. Those are her favorite. Those ice are cream. Her, those oh, are her... Way to my heart. Yes. Way to my heart, listeners. If you want to send me free things, send me ice, ice cream. cream, popcorn, and cheese. So... That's uh, for life. One of the things you leaned over and said to me in the theaters was, this movie reminds you a lot of Star Wars. Just like mm-hmm. the, just like the, kind of the story in the quantum realm, kind of the way some of the he was gathering his look. army, yeah. And when you know, if we fast forward to the end with the post credit scene, when they kind of mm-hmm. zoom out and you see all the kings, it really reminds right. me a lot of the Senate that you see yep. in um, the Republic of the Star Wars saga. Yep. Um, and we get a lot more of that in the prequels, you know, episodes one, two, and three, and we get some of that in the animated series as well. But it it reminded me a lot of that, as well as some of the coloring and, you know, again, some of the, the stories that were, were told in the quantum realm. Uh, yeah, it, if you haven't seen it, it probably would make sense when you see it, that this mm-hmm. kind of, they, they really leaned on some of the Star Wars elements to kind of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Disney owns Star Wars and Disney owns Marvel. So it kind right. of makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, kind of going to the, you know, the topic or the theme of the post-credit scenes. There were two, two post-credit scenes in this film. The first one was the Council of Kings. The second one, uh, Alicia's grinning because one of her favorite characters shows up. I love Loki. Like, I, Loki just says he has such a great character. Is Loki your Wanda for me? Potentially. Very, I just love her character. Yeah, I just, the, Loki is just, he, maybe it's just because he's so mischievous like mm-hmm. i don't know he's he's at the end of the day he has a good heart and he's learning even if it, if it doesn't come off the best way um but he does learn he learns like he he sees the mistakes that he makes and the big mistakes that he makes and he he tries to be better mm-hmm. he tries i just i don't know i also love tom hiddleston so that's probably a part of it um yeah. But I, I just, I love Loki. Loki has always been one of my favorite characters. So in the post credit scene, we see Mobius, which is Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, Loki show up. And they're in like a very early, uh, what do you want to say, 19th century, late 18th, early 19th century yeah. uh, post credit scene where they're, you know, they're talking to each other. And Loki is trying to talk to Mobius about Kang. And mm-hmm. Kang is in the post credit scene talking. And he's like, that's Kang. That's Kang. Yep. And so... Obviously, this is setting up season two of Loki, which comes mm-hmm. out later this year. I'm which, so excited. Which at least is super excited about. Um, did you think that was kind of predictable going into this film? Like, we didn't know what the post credit scenes were. We knew that there were going to be two, but did you realize? Did you think it was going to be Loki? Because we thought that. I... Was, what was the other movie? It was either Wakanda Forever or Love and Thunder, where we thought Loki was going to show up and he didn't. Probably Love and Thunder because Thor. Yeah. Um, I. 
I think that if one of the post credit scenes or even sometime during the movie, we didn't see Loki, I would have been very disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I guess that, that was my expectation. I wanted to see Loki, I guess, but um, I don't know. Like, I think it was, it, it was predictable. I think it was absolutely predictable, partially because we know that that's coming up soon, mm-hmm. but we know that that's, and we haven't got any introduction. Right. Right. And with, that's where Kane got his introduction was in Loki. So it logically, it makes sense because those two pieces are going to be heavily connected. Yeah. Um, so I, I think predictable, but again, I probably would have been disappointed if they didn't have it. What did you think? Oh, I would totally agree. I think uh, it was the right time to pull the trigger on Loki um, mm-hmm. be- because between now and then, I'm not sure when Loki season two comes out. I know it's in June or July, mm-hmm. but, but the Marvels uh, was the only other project. Well, I'm sorry. Guardians of the Galaxy right. comes out in May. I don't think it would have fit. And, you know, the post yeah. this made sense because of how Loki season one ended. And like you said, Absolutely. With, with the kickoff of Kang and uh, that variant and, you know, what we were seeing uh, with that story being told kind of a curveball as I just thought about it. Um, you know, speaking of surprise endings and, and beginnings and, and things like that, did you like how they kind of sandwich board sandwich boarded the story with like they're not in the quantum realm. They're kind of like living this happy go lucky life. They get into the quantum realm and then they get out of the quantum realm. What did you think of that? And another question, you know, as we we kind of wrap it up, the did you think that Hope and Scott were going to get stuck on the quantum realm and not get out? First question: Did I like how thing was the thing was sandwiched? Like, um, yeah, the whole. I, no, the no, whole no thing I, I know, what, I know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I. I didn't hate it. I don't know. Like, I feel like mixed feelings partially because it was so odd, but I also have to think that this is an Ant-Man and Scott is just, he's an odd duck. I, again, I love, I love, um, excuse me. Um, I love Paul Rudd. I, I just, I I love him in anything that I've seen. Nobody else is going to be, nobody else is Ant-Man. Paul Rudd no. is Ant-Man. Oh, absolutely. He just so he's awkward and quirky. And so like as much as I feel like mixed feelings about did I like the way it happened? Did I not like the way it happened? It makes sense. And I mm-hmm. think that his character, it made sense. I mean, he was really mi- milking up the fact that he wrote a book. And um, I think apparently they, that they, book's getting released later this year. Like, like I am really... totally I told when Jordan told us that I said, if there's an audio version, I am 1000% listening to that. Cause I, I'm more of an audiobook listener than a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I will 100% be listening to that because that would be amazing if they did. So I, th- I think it just, it fit. So did I like it? Did I not? It, it, I don't think it really matters. My preference. I think it makes sense for, for who it was. Um, them, did I think that they were going to end up stick, staying in the quantum realm at first I did. And I thought, you know, this is just something else leading to uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp 4 or something to do with another movie and they're going to go and get them. Um, A part of me did think that they were going to end up getting stuck. I'm glad they didn't, but it did cross my mind. What do you think? So as we, as I said, two things. One, as I saw the movie, first but second I did. Now that we're talking about it, I I think not because Scott's already been stuck there. 
right? Yeah, and and they they've already wanna, told that story. They don't want to retell the story that they've already told. Sure. And if if Kang, you know, was truly taken care of in that film, then it didn't make sense for them to be stuck down there, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and back to the whole conversation about Kathy being super smart and and kind of getting it, so and kind of being mentored by Hank, the, you know she was going to be able to get them out even if they didn't get out, which is my thought. Um, mm-hmm. The story being told, uh, I'm okay with it. You know, it's a beginning, middle and end, right? They, they tell the story at the beginning, kind of where they were, you know, they get stuck in the quantum realm and then they get out. And so yeah. it, it, it's a good segue. The only question that you and I talked about this, I think the next day was how much time went by while the, while they were mm-hmm. stuck in the quantum realm um, because they talk about how time is different there. And so, mm-hmm. You know, you get this whole conversation in the multiverse. and the Did anybody and, really know that they were gone? Right. So that was a question we, uh, you know, we talked about the next day. But, like, I don't think it really matters because, you know, we're going to get to Kang, you know, Kang Dynasty moving forward. And there's some other projects in between now and then. So, yeah. Um, and maybe we'll get some answers down the road, just like anything. Like, usually if we have a question about something, give it a couple films and series and we usually get an answer to it. Right. So any other thoughts that you have on this, this movie? Do you want to go um, see it again with me this weekend? Sure. I'll okay. go with you. Okay, I definitely cool. go see it again. Um, I'll probably watch it a couple of times when it comes out. One other thought that I did have, because I pulled up the IMDb when we were talking about it, something I didn't realize was on the tagline of the movie poster is witness the beginning of a new dynasty. Mm. Well, that totally makes sense. Phase five mm-hmm. is all about the King Dynasty. Yep. So, all right. Well, I don't have any other thoughts either. And, you know, maybe we'll go see it this weekend again. And, you know, friends, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, we, we both tech, you know, definitely recommend that you go see it yep. for yourself. Definitely go see it. it. Don't listen to critics until you've seen it yourself. That's yep, one thing absolutely. I would, will definitely say about this or any other uh, project moving forward. Um, and with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, please do so. Um, we've got a couple of really cool episodes coming up down the road. Uh, Jordan and I are working hard on scheduling some special guests, um, you know, in the spring and in the summer. So be on the lookout for that. So with that said, we will catch you next time on Nerd Talk. <laughs>